Welcome to Driving the Sea Bus. Uh, usually, we have this uh, long-running podcast where we focus on the happenings in Central Ohio, how vibrant our community is, what makes it such a cool place, and uh, and all the different. Uh, we have people on on the podcast that have made a difference here in town uh, throughout the years, and we talk about all the success we had. Um, we're shifting gears with this uh, series of the podcast uh, in light of the coronavirus that has attacked the planet and the pandemic that we currently are facing as a country and as a world. I really talk about real life uh, solutions to your financial matters. Uh, so there'll be a host of uh, different folks on the podcast going forward uh, where we're going to get right to nuts and bolts about true uh, things that you should be doing. Uh, with your personal finances, your business, your investments, other kinds of things, all in the different podcast series with experts from Heartland Bank. Obviously, everyone does their business in different places. We're agnostic. We're here to help you. If you find that Heartland's a great fit, wonderful. If not, hopefully this podcast series will do you well because we are all in this together at CMAS Will Survive. Well, welcome to another edition of Driving the Sea Bus, and uh, this is uh, once again one of our coronavirus uh, pandemic specials where we're we're talking about um, initial issues here, um, some things that people need to be paying attention to with their personal finances, their business, uh, such and so forth. Uh, today's guest is Ben Babkinek, Ben, Senior Vice President of uh, uh, the really the liability side of the balance sheet for Heartland Bank. So he. Uh, runs all the deposit business, the pricing of deposits, so we can blame him for the low rates. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, or uh, and, and also, uh, you know, he, he prices and makes sure that uh, municipalities, school systems, um, and townships, cities, all of those folks uh, have the proper treasury management and deposit services that they need. So, uh, Ben, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Scott. Hey, today, you know, we're here talking about, uh, uh, you know, the effects of the coronavirus on on folks' balance sheet and, uh, and their bank holdings and that kind of thing. Maybe we should just kind of start off with a general question that some people are asking, you know, are my deposits safe uh, in the bank right now? Yeah, that's a great question, Scott. And uh, that is a question we're receiving often right now in our banking centers. Um, the FJC uh, is where the banks are, are where insurance is um, held for banks. The standard deposit insurance um, limit is $250,000 per depositor per FDIC insured bank. And another important point with that is per ownership category. So deposits held in different categories um, are separately insured up to at least $250,000 even held if at the same bank. So it's very possible to have multiple account types and to be insured for more than $250,000 at your local financial institution if you're in the situation um, that you have more than $250,000 at your current bank. Um, some ownership category types, people say, well, what's an ownership category? Uh, that could be like a single account, a joint account, um, certain retirement accounts, uh, revocable trusts, irrevocable trusts, those are all different types of account categories that could hold separate FDA insur FDIC insurance limits. Gotcha. So if I'm just a, 
I'm married, uh, you know, married my wife, two kids, and I've got a couple CDs or three CDs. So, you know, I could, I can actually uh, name them differently to get an additional $250,000 in coverage, right? Yep, that is correct. Um, the ownership categories could uh, play a factor there in your coverage. Um, also, it's possible that beneficiaries named on certain accounts could um, also hold coverage for you, um, FDAC insurance coverage. Um, with that question, um, if anybody wants to see if their accounts are fully covered, um, you could get a d detailed information report about your specific insurance by accessing the FDIC website. There's a tool there called the Electronic Deposit Insurance Estimator, or ED, Ask ED. You could enter all of your information in there about your accounts, and then it will let you know if you're currently insured. Wonderful. So all you got to do is ask Edie, and she can tell you exactly uh, uh, how you're doing. That's awesome. Uh, hey, tell me, the FDIC was was originated in 1933 with the Federal Reserve Act, uh, alongside the the and that maybe it's the National Banking Act. Um, how many people have lost uh, money in the banking system since 1933? No one's lost one cent um, that's had their money at a bank that it's kept inside uh, the FDIC insured limits. The banks are very well capitalized currently. Um, I plan on them continuing to be, be so. Um, it's a, the best place to have your money. Um, with that being said, I think there's some things coming up in the new um, act that Congress is about to pass that possibly even increase those limits even greater, but we're still waiting to hear that information come from that act. Yeah, things are kind of, uh, you know, spur of the moment. We're living hour by hour here in the current coronavirus uh, world. You know, another thing I want to mention is that um, a lot of people in these type of times are running to the bank and thinking they need large amounts of cash. Um, I'd just like to touch on that topic briefly. Um, although um, consumers can handle their transactions in any way they wish, um, that's totally fine with us, is – uh, we got to keep in mind that coming to the bank and getting large amounts of cash um, is probably not always the most prudent thing to do I, for a couple reasons. One, you're losing out on any interest your account uh, is paying on those deposits. And two, again, it's not FDIC insured. It's safe at the bank. All right. So um, taking out large amounts of cash, um, there's some transaction risk with that, having it around the house. Some people also, when they have the physical cash, tend to spend a little more. Um, I think as a rule of thumb, a good general guide that I like to use is, a, is to have a two-week supply of cash if you feel that cash is necessary um, at or around um, your home or at your disposal uh, to be able to use in case of emergencies. But uh, the banking system's strong. Uh, the use of uh, debit and credit cards is is going to is here. It's here to stay. There's there's multiple ways to make payments online. Um, so something to keep in mind, something I urge people to do is it's fine to have some cash. There's not a need to run to the bank and get large amount of cash at this time. Gotcha. Yeah, that would not be uh, not be good to have that kind of money laying around. And and, uh, and rest assured, we'll have it there for you. Um, you can use electronic means by, uh, you know, to, to get it. And, and, and the financial system is very sound. And moving on to let's move on to the rate environment right now. Um, obviously, you know, things were marching forward. We were starting to have higher interest rates. 
as the economy was expanding. We were in the, the, the third year of the Trump presidency, almost the fourth year starting, and and things are looking really good. And then this hits, and the rates immediately fall. So what does that do to deposit rates? And or maybe what should savers be thinking about? Um, you know, the proper vehicles, maybe ways to treat their savings accounts and their CDs now. Yeah, that's a great question, Scott. I mean, what a difference a year makes. Uh, you know, last year at this time, uh, money market accounts, CDs um, at some financial institutions were approaching, if not exceeding 3%. Um, there was a large demand by the banks uh, that, that needed deposits and the competition uh, created an environment that um, a lot of the banks were were um, trying to fight to earn those deposits, which made it a good environment for the savings or the savers out there. Um, with the recent actions that the Fed had to take uh, to stimulate the economy due to the uh, COVID-19 uh, situation we find ourselves in is, you know, that, that directly affects savers. And when prime rate moves from 475 to, to three and a quarter and you see a 150 basis point uh, difference, the tables kind of turn, right? So it becomes a better environment for those people needing loans and needing lines of credit and uh, small business, but the savers are affected by that. So uh, banks across the nation have no choice to um, move deposit rates lower. One thing that uh, I always like to mention when speaking to deposit rates, because if, golly, if I had all the answers, you know, as, as much as I love working at the bank and working with uh, Scott here, probably wouldn't be here. I'd be out there somewhere living on an island because I'd have the answers. Uh, the important thing to do when you have, when you have, and trying to make decisions about what where you want your money to go is, is that you need to buy or, or invest in all parts of a rate cycle. It's called laddering your deposits. And so, um, guessing what you think interest rates are going to do typically um, against laddering your deposits is a is a losing strategy. Is that you want to buy term deposits or time deposits of one, two, three, four, five years. Uh, some financial institutions have instruments out there greater than that. You want to um, leverage the advice of your financial advisor or your or your planning team, and to make sure that you have the right mix of um, possible some investments and bonds as well. Is that a diversified uh, portfolio and a diversified time horizon? Over over time, usually is the winner there. Is that uh, sometimes you hit some really good, and sometimes you hit some really bad. But over, over the long run, you're with a steep yield curve. You're typically garnering more yield than if you were uh, just trying to figure out like continuously going short term, because that is the um, mistake a lot of people make. Is that and when times are good, they think rates are going to continue to go up. And they stay in six to 18 month CDs. And then when things turn like they just did here over the last 90 days, is that now a lot of people have money coming due thinking the rates were going to continue to go up and they wish they would have locked in for a three to five year time horizon. Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of always have to be in the market, right? I mean, waiting until you get, I mean, we, we talked about this uh, on uh, some of the other podcasts, you know, trying to market time things. Uh, is not really warranted, right? I mean, you should probably ladder it, ladder into rate cycles and ladder back out to rate cycles and in order to uh, to overall have the best median rate in your portfolio. 
totally agree with that, uh, Scott. Uh, ladder that out is a, is, a, is a wise thing to do. And But you know what? That's not saying you can't be opportunistic, but you need to be opportunistic with a, a small portion of your portfolio, uh, not making large bets here or there, is that you can have some money aside, uh, use the knowledge of the market if you have that to try to be opportunistic. But over the long haul, you want to, you kind of want to have a, a diversified plan um, to, and stick to it, and that usually provides the best results. That's great. Hey, um, what other kind of tips and tricks would you would you have for the uh, for the group here, as far as maybe consumer deposits? Um, anything that we haven't talked about that we should before we get into maybe uh, cash management and some of the commercial side of things? Yeah, um, you know what, I love to help people. Um, in every type of economy, I always find myself talking uh, in budgeting classes and whatnot, trying to give uh, customers, consumers tips of how they could be smart with their personal finance budget. And uh, given the COVID-19 uh, virus and the outbreak here, uh, this time is no different. So I'd like to go through uh, five tips I got currently that uh, I think could be very prudent for people to follow. Uh, the first one is communicate with your community banker, all right? Community bankers are empowered to advocate on behalf of you and to help you guide you through these situations you may be facing, all right? Many banks have programs that help you right now. Those programs could include uh, loan payment deferment, refunding fees, um, waiving of early withdrawal penalties on certificates of deposit, all right? There's a lot of different programs out there being in contact with your community banker in good times and in bad is just the right thing to do because they are, they are on the front lines. They know what resources are out there and they want to help you because we all understand to better our community, it takes everybody reaching their financial goals and doing the best with the cards that they have in their hand. Uh, the second thing is borrow prudently. All right. Know the cost of the credit you're receiving. All right. In times like these, it'd be easy to, you know, run up and, and use your credit card as the, you know, first source of credit just because it's readily available in, in your wallet. But you got to keep in mind a couple of things. Uh, interest rate on a credit card is probably higher than a signature loan or a term signature loan that you may get at a bank. A term signature loan interest rate is probably higher than a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit you have or you might be able to obtain, all right? So be smart in making the decisions about what rates of interest you're paying, but it's not all about interest rate. It's also about the fees you may be, uh, it may take to obtain those loans. So you gotta weigh both those things, fees and interest rate. Um, the third thing I'd like to bring up is look for charitable resources, all right? Identify charities that uh, provide support to help you stretch your budget. All right. Organizations like the Goodwill, the United Way and the Salvation Army, they all they have a local presence in all the communities that we serve. All right. You reach out to those groups. Um, also, there's local food banks and faith based charities that can help families meet basic needs. Most importantly, when talking about charities, if you're in the position to help, please do so. It, it's vital. There's a great need right now out there for it. And if you're able to pay it forward by donating some time and money, it's the right thing to do. 
if you've been in if you're in a situation if you're one of those people we were talking about earlier scott that's worried about fdic insurance coverage because you got more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the bank and you could come off a little bit of money to to help out a neighbor do so the fourth thing is file your taxes okay one thing i read this morning is that almost half of the people that that obtained a tax return last year have filed this year now the government has extended the tax deadline date uh, till July 15th but if you are eligible or possibly eligible for a tax refund please file your taxes the average return is just under $3000 that money can go a long way when we find yourself in a situation where you're trying to stretch your budget and then the fifth and the final thing I'm kind of combining two here but I think it's fun is look at selling items all right or canceling or suspending seldomly used subscription services. All right, let's talk about selling items first. If you have small personal items, you know, collection items, furniture, we're all spending a lot of time in our house right now. It's not the perfect garage sale weather season, but it's a way to kind of shift and say, hey, can I use Facebook Marketplace? All right, can I just put a piece of furniture out at my front door, make an arrangement, and someone can leave me a $20 bill or a $50 bill underneath my doormat. You don't even need to interact with someone. Can you sell something on eBay? All right. Little things. Look around your house and say, hey, do I really need this right now? If you're trying to make budgets meet, or um, go for that. Think about that. See if you could do something like that. Um, and then also looking to cancel or suspend subscriptions. All right. Examine your expenses. If you're paying for subscriptions that you're not currently using, you should look into canceling them. If you're paying for services that are currently suspended due to this coronavirus, all right, contact the business and say, hey, can I suspend this until we get going again? Or is there any kind of refund I could be receiving? You know, it's uh, small business is the, is the engine and the heartblood of society is by no means am I saying cut off some of these small businesses we're doing business with and making wise decisions. Ben, you've been most helpful. Uh you know, shedding light on uh, the depository situation, the FDIC, the security of the banking industry, you know, laddering CDs and, and just some general tips on people to save. Any final thoughts that you'd have for our, our listeners here uh, on, the, on deposit operations or what they should be doing differently? Yeah, communication's key. Just st stay in uh, constant contact with your uh, community banker, with your financial professionals. Uh, this situation will pass you know uh, um, previous to this the uh, central ohio economy was on very good footing uh, I, I feel it's going to continue to do so here in the near future uh, this is a temporary bump in the road let's get through this and uh, let's keep making things happen here in central ohio i hear you ben well thanks very much for being on the program uh, appreciate all the guidance and the help that you give uh, our clients and, and even our not people that aren't our clients, we're talking to every day to help them guide them down life's road. And that's just so important that we do that as a community bank. And I really appreciate what you do. And, and uh, thanks for driving the bus today. No problem. Glad to be on the bus. Have a great day.